everything in business is a gamble. People generally buy people. It's genius! We want an education What you're thinking, can you get the buy-in? Buy-in, buy-in. You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Belil Springer. For your industry, by your industry. This week on the show, we turn our eyes to the UK, where in a recent review of the National Occupational Standards, NOS, for hairdressing, it was found that many qualifications did not require students to learn how to cut and style afro and textured hair, resulting in a major gap in professional expertise for this demographic. In 2019, the British Beauty Council set up a task force with Habia to push for a revised NOS, and thanks to its campaigning, it was announced in June that the guidelines have been approved and updated to include the learning of these skills. And while these new regulations are a step forward towards a more inclusive industry, it also in some way highlights blind spots and how much more work we need to do individually and collectively. So just like we were discussing on episode 215, two episodes ago, making your salon more inclusive widens your customer base, but it also says to current and future potential clients that everyone is welcome and deserves to love their hair. Because after all, at the end of the day, Hair is hair. And ultimately, updating these guidelines, closing this gap, makes the industry a better place. I think as a hairdresser, we are continuously evolving. The industry is continuously growing and evolving and becoming something different. Um, And you can choose to change with it or you can choose to stay stagnant. But the best choice is to move forward and grow with it and embrace something that you have never embraced before because To challenge yourself is not just adding value to you as a professional, it's adding value to your clients. And the whole idea of this, um, of being a hairdresser, is to serve and to meet the needs of our clients. And I think that willingness is key. If you're willing to learn, you will learn. And there are amazing educators out there for Afro-Caribbean hair and textured hair. It all depends on what you want as a company, as a business and as a brand, what you're looking for. On the show with me today is Sharifa Jennings, co-founder of Cognito Hair in London, who started her career in the hair industry as an apprentice at the well-renowned Vidal Sassoon St. Paul's. She now has over 22 years of experience in hairdressing, specializes in Afro and European hair, cutting, coloring and the pioneering nanokeratin smoothing system. At Cognito Hair, you'll find stylists who are experienced in all hair types, including Afro-Caribbean, curly, Asian, and European hair, and they'll offer bespoke salon services to help clients achieve their unique hair care desires. Co-founders Daniela and Sharifa started their journey as friends, exploring how they could work together to transform the in-salon experience while also providing expert hair care. And at the heart of this desire is their passion for people. And with the help of a growing team of stylists who also share this passion, together they've been able to commit to making an impact both inside and outside the salon walls. So without further ado, Sharifa, thank you so much for joining me on Forest FM. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. And I believe this is your first. So uh, welcome to this whole new world of podcasting. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Yes, it is my first time doing a podcast. So I'm super excited. Thank you so much for the invitation. 
Absolutely. So I guess before we get started with the, the, the specifics of the topic, I wanted to um, dive into something a bit more personal, I guess, um, so that listeners could get a better understanding of, you know, where you're coming from, who you are. Um, obviously, they've heard me talk about, you know, your background in the intro. But when someone books in with you at Cognito Hair, if, you know, if you go on your website, there's a meet your stylist functionality where I can find out very easily that you're, you're passionate about everything hair, you've got a wealth of knowledge in hair care, um, you specialize in a wide range of services. Where did this passion come from? And perhaps if you want to expand even on that, like what's your personal hair story coming into the industry, but also, you know, your own hair? Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Uh, so the passion came from just being amongst other creatives, um, creative individuals, um, because to be honest, I didn't always want to be a hairdresser. It was something that um, was not on the radar. It was something that I fell into. Um, I didn't want to go into the whole cliche avenue that you go into when you're 16 years old, college and, and university. It just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I was a very hands-on person. I was very creative and I needed to do something with my hands. And you know, at the age of 15, I was in the careers office and the careers advisor was telling me, like, you take this test in the UK. And she was telling me, yes, you know, you can be a journalist, uh, you know, do editorial work. And I was like, yeah, no, I do not want to be doing that. (laughs) That is just not the route that I want to take. And she was like, okay, so like, what are you interested in? I was like, well, I'm creative. Um, and I need to do something with my hands. And she was like, oh, um, have you ever thought about doing a hairdressing? I was like, no, not at all. She went, well, it's very creative. You can do an apprenticeship. And um, we have uh, an opportunity for you to do an apprenticeship with Vidal Sassoon. And I was like, oh. oh. And she was like, you can do this apprenticeship and you get paid on the job while you're learning. I was thinking, yeah, this sounds pretty nifty. This sounds great. <laughs> Why not? Um, so, yes. Yeah, so we applied um, and uh, through all the interview process, I got accepted. I started as an apprenticeship in Fidel Sassoon in St. Paul's um, when it was actually in Cheapside um, before it moved to Ave Maria Lane. And, yeah, when you start hairdressing, you, you learn both. You learn cutting and you learn colouring. And automatically, when I was an assistant, I had this passion for colour. So that's where the passion started. I was like, yeah, cutting looks quite good. Yeah, but colouring, like, this is something. <laughs> and because I am creative, just seeing what you can do with colour, I was like, yeah, this this is me. This It was like a blank canvas that I can work on and just create some magic. So I think that's where the passion came from. So I knew from the get-go I wanted to be a colorist, but still you had to learn both cutting and coloring. So that was great. So um, once I was was qualified, um, I was only at Sassoon's for just over two years, and then I I moved on to somewhere else where I was actually privileged to have one-to-one training and um, just, yeah, really upped my skill in coloring. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, that's where my passion really lies. So I was actually a color specialist for 10 years. So I only actually did mainly color, 
uh, for for 10 years. Wow. Um, and then when I moved on to uh, a salon, um, that's when I actually started doing more services. I started doing cutting um, and uh, the nanokeratin treatment and Afro hair. But prior to that, apart from my family and my own hair, <laughs> I didn't do um, I didn't do Afro hair. Um, so usually, obviously, when you you learn, um, you you choose. You I didn't really actually know you had a choice. I I learned how to do European Caucasian hair. I didn't learn how to do Afro hair. How did you find that in in terms of like your apprenticeship? Not learn or not like obviously at the time you just said it you didn't know that you had the choice to choose you know what type of hair you wanted to to get skilled in I guess but um how did you find the idea of not actually being taught how to care for even your own hair type during the apprenticeship that's a very good question it was it was strange to be honest it was like I didn't understand, mm. you know, I'm a 16 year old uh, Afro-Caribbean lady, um, young lady, and I'm learning how to do European Caucasian hair, but I'm not learning how to do my own hair. I just thought that was the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that there was actually other options. Uh, and don't get me wrong, there were clients who did have Afro hair, but it wasn't something that was targeted that you can learn. Right. Um, it was an Afro hair specialist. Um, so it's something that you really need to be skilled on and you need to be taught in a, a specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't deal with Afro hair how you deal with European or Caucasian hair. Uh, so it was something that I found very very um almost disheartening actually i was like why am i not learning how to do my own hair type Mm. um but i accepted it i accepted the journey um so i've been doing hair for 22 years now so as i said the 10 first 10 years i mainly did uh uh, european and caucasian hair um but then i worked for a salon called jimmy campbell's and that's where I learned how to do Afro hair. It was actually quite funny when I first started doing Afro hair. He was like, like he was like, what are you doing? Because I had an idea of how to do it. And it was just not the way you were supposed to do it. So, you know, you're the classic <laughs> hair dryer with the comb attachment. And I took this out on a client once and he was like, what are you doing? Like, that is not how you do it. <laughs> Let's teach you how to do this. And I'm so grateful for it because he taught me some techniques and skills that I would have never have learned otherwise because I didn't go to college and learn that. I didn't learn it when I was doing my training as an apprentice. Yeah. So I'm so grateful for that. And so he taught me how to do Afro hair and my, my knowledge grew from that. And the nanokeratin as well. He taught me how to do the keratin blow dry nanokeratin system. So now I'm growing as a hairdresser. I'm not just a hairdresser that does European Caucasian hair. I'm now a hairdresser that does Afro hair, that does nanokeratin. Um, I'm not just a hairdresser that specializes in color. I'm now a hair care specialist, a hair care expert. So 
I have now expanded my knowledge of who I am as a hairdresser. And I think that's vitally important. Just because you've learned something one way doesn't mean you can't grow. I think as a hairdresser, we are continuously evolving. The industry is continuously growing and evolving and becoming something different. Um, And you can choose to change with it or you can choose to stay stagnant. Like it's entirely up to you. But the best choice is to move forward and grow with it and embrace something that you have never embraced before because to challenge yourself is not just adding value to you as a professional, it's adding value to your clients. And the whole idea of this, um, of being a hairdresser is to serve and to meet the needs of our clients. Um, So that is vitally important. And it's interesting that you say that um, two weeks ago, uh, Christopher Aaron, who was on the show with me, was saying the exact same thing. He was like, we need to start embracing change because otherwise, I mean, it's fine if you don't, but you're going to, you know, at some point people are going to get ahead of you. And that's just the reality of what of what it is to push that even further. I think that like by outgrowing our comfort zones, um, I feel like it makes it more of an inclusive space for people to feel more comfortable walking in, you know, as a new client and just trying to figure out who to go to, you know, to care for their for their hair. I remember moving back to Montreal after two years in Dublin, going to the barbers for like one of the first times and just being like, who do I go to like that? I know that will be able to work with my type of hair and like feeling super nervous because like the haircut's going to last a certain amount of weeks. So I was like, I want to look good after, you know, not just the first day, but for the amount of time that I have this haircut. And it, it can be really stressful and, and sometimes can even make you feel disconnected or like, you know, different or like you're not fitting in and, and to have that uh, ability to grow your skill set and to have your, your, your staff grow those, those skill sets as well, I think makes an impact and says a lot to the, the type of clients that you're serving and will probably also expand the type of people that you're serving. Yeah, I, I absolutely, I totally agree. Um, because we live in such a diverse world mm-hmm. um, and there was continuous uh, division and segregation and you should be able to walk in a salon, any salon, not just a salon that caters for European hair and then a salon that caters for Afro hair. Any person should be able to walk in a salon and there is a specialist, a hair care expert that can deal with Afro hair, that can deal with European hair and you feel welcomed in that place. I'm not saying that every single stylist needs to do it because let's be honest, not all stylists can. And if you can't do it, you can't do it. And that's okay. Right. But if, if you can't do it personally, or you don't have a team of stylists who can do it, get someone who can advertise and and, and recruit someone who can because that is going to add value to your business and to your company and to your brand and value to your customers. So, you know, not all of um, my stylists can do Afro hair, but they're willing to learn. And I think that willingness is key. If you're willing to learn, you will learn and you're not going to do it perfectly the first time. Who does? 
But over time, you will do. And that you need to have confidence in yourself that you're able to do that. Um, and I guess whoever's teaching you needs to give you constant encouragement that you can do better. And, you know, we fail all the time. We make mistakes. But, I mean, I've made many mistakes. Like, I've done some disastrous things. <laughs> but that, that makes me who I am today, an expert. Yeah. You know, a professional, someone who can take on a challenge, someone who can assess the hair and say, yep, that's what you need. That's what product you need. That's what technique needs to be done to your hair. This is how we're going to do this. Um, and I can say it with confidence because I have gained that knowledge and not just from being taught by others, but by educating myself. I love to read, um, I love to watch tutorials, and I'll try them out, I test them out. I love to be educated. I, I think you have, you've never made it. I know a lot of people uh, make this statement, you're only as good as your last haircut, you're only as good as your last color. Yeah, so what are you gonna do about it? So if your last color was uh, you know, not that great, what are you gonna do about it? And don't beat yourself up about it, but we make mistakes. We're not perfect all the time. <laughs> yeah. But it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that we're, you know, not great hairdressers. We're great, but we all have bad days. But this is why we need to keep educating ourselves. And this is why we need to recognize what we've done and just improve, constantly improve, because we never make it. So yeah. So you'll, of course, have heard the news, um, great news, should I say, that it'll now be compulsory for all UK hairdressers to learn how to cut and style Afro and textured hair. And, and hopefully most people will recognize the need um, that we had to update those regulations. Uh, what was your initial reaction when you heard the news about this and saw it get coverage in newspapers and media? Well, it was about time. <laughs> it was a long time. <laughs> like, come on, how long has hairdressing existed? And mm. just now, very, very pleased in this in the same same breath. Um, it was very much my reaction. It's about time. This needed to happen a long time ago. But hey, everything happens in in seasons, right? And it was the right time for this to happen. Um, and I just hope that it 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 flourishes from from here on. Mm-hmm. Um, I have recognised when I read up on it that it was Afro hair or Afro and textured hair cut and styled, but they actually need to do colour as well. It can't just be cut and style. It needs to be colour. Um, I'd be very, very interested on how um, the educators are going to to learn. Are they, are they going to actually teach the educators as well? Or are they going to bring in um, Afro hair care specialists to teach this particular unit to um, the students? Yeah. So I'm very, very interested to see what sort of modules uh, will be included into the unit. I tried to do a little bit of research myself to see. Um, yeah. And because, I mean, if I think that something needs to be included, I'll, I'll be happy to contact the body to say, look, you know, I think these things need to be included as well. Um, because I think it's important. It can't just be Afro and textured hair um, cut and style colour needs to be included as well because you need to approach Afro hair differently when you colour it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think everyone has this misconception 
that Afro hair is strong and resilient and robust. It is the complete opposite. Afro hair really needs to be uh, handled with care. It's very, very fragile. Um, so it, it's very, very important that the right educators are teaching these students um, to do well. Um, but then I'm also thinking, okay, so that's the next generation. So then our next generations of, of hairdressers, they are going to be able to do uh, Afro and textured hair. But what about the hairdressers now? Because um, that's the next generation. That could be two to three years. Yep. What about now? Because there needs to be uh, an act of a, a service for the clients with Afro and textured hair now. Um but it's, it's brilliant because actually once you learn how to do Afro and textured hair, your standard and your skill set would improve when doing European hair. You'll be able to handle the hair better because you have now used a new skill. Because a lot of the time I find that even when you've learned how to do European and Caucasian hair, if the hair is slightly maybe frizzy, or slightly curly or wavy, a lot of stylists struggle with it. They can't get a smooth finish. So I've actually got a lot of clients who say, I've never had someone who can blow dry my hair this way. Um, you know, they blow dry my hair, I have to go home and I have to blow dry it myself. And a lot of these um, women are women with uh, slightly textured hair, but European textured hair, uh, slightly textured hair, slightly coarser hair, and they just felt they never can actually get the finish they want in salon. So learning how to do Afro and textured hair in college is going to actually improve your skill set all around uh, to help you handle European hair a lot better as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting. I didn't even think about it. It's true. When you read the articles, they don't talk about color at all. Now, obviously, you know, updating the school curriculums with at least the cut and style is definitely a step in the right direction. And hopefully in the long run will help, you know, more salons become more inclusive and, and, and just also just cater to all a more diverse range of clients. Um Aside from that, like color aspect, do you have any reservations or worries about how it might be done? Like, I know you mentioned, I wonder how they're going to, are they going to educate the educators or are they going to bring in specialists to teach these courses? Like, do you have any worries about how it might go about? Yeah, I, I, I do. Um, because there's one thing saying that it's going to be uh, included now and it's going to be mandatory but it's the process. How is that now going to be implemented? How is that now going to be integrated in the colleges? Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I think there would always be reservations. So, I mean, we don't really know that much. It's something that has been um, announced, which is great, but we don't really have that much information on it. So I'm very intrigued um, and curious to, to how they're going to go about it. So I would love to hear more. Um, I would love to see where we can, as hairdressers, get more information about this also. Um, mm -hmm. so, so we can plan for, for the future generations who are going to come in and, and do both um, Afro and, and European hair textures. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And I know that the British Beauty Council have been campaigning for this, so I'm sure they'll come out um, with more information. But I want to bring it back to something that you said that was very, very true. Um, for the people who are currently 
in business currently doing hair, where do you go? Like, where where can you learn these skill sets? Do you have um, specific resources that you could uh, potentially, you know, list out for people to to even start just educating themselves through YouTube channel or something like that? Just because you're totally right. If that curriculum or those courses aren't made available to the entire industry and only to the people who are going through school at the time, like a full curriculum, then you're missing out on so much, you know, like that's a whole other blind spot. Okay. So I think um, it is down to the business owners Mm -hmm. because there are amazing educators out there for Afro-Caribbean hair and textured hair. It all depends on what you want as a company, as a business and as a brand, what you're looking for. So I think it's important that you do your research because whoever you go to educate you, they also need to not cater. So you have an ethos, right? So everyone has an ethos of their business. It needs to complement one another. So Mm -hmm. you need to find some of the same ethos as you. Um, Because you don't want to just go anywhere, you know, you don't want to just go to someone because they're great at doing Afro hair. Like, what is their ethos? Does it match you as as a business owner? Does it match your brand? Does it match what you want to do and how you want to take your, your business forward? I think these things are very, very important, but there are some amazing educators out there. And I think it's really important for business owners to do the research, um, If it means that they have to try and test them first themselves, go go and do some education themselves before they rope their team into it, um, then why not do that? That's all parts of research. They're going to be educated. They're going to learn something because it can't, it needs to be good enough for you, uh, your business and your team. Yeah. Uh, because then it's going to be good enough for your clients. So I think you do have to do your own personal research and find out exactly what it is that you want to implement into your business and what services that you want to provide. Because we only, we are hair care experts. So we cater for the natural hair. We don't do braiding. Uh, we don't do relaxes. We don't do anything that damages the hair. Um, so we would find educators that represent who we are. I'm not going to go and get educated on how to do a relaxer. I know how to do a relaxer, but my brand doesn't, my, my business doesn't offer that. So why would I go somewhere that teaches us how to do relax relaxers? I just wouldn't do that. Wouldn't go somewhere to that teaches us how to do braiding or cano or anything like that. It will be working with the natural hair texture, um, cutting the hair naturally and that's the avenue that we will go down. So you really need to figure out what you want to do for your business and how you want to propel your business forward and what you want to offer your clients. I think that's really important because you can't do it all. Yeah. You can't do it all. We're, you're, we're specialists at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And it's interesting that you mentioned the natural avenue that you're taking, because if there was a question that was submitted by a a colleague of mine for this episode, and she was like, how is lockdown and the uh, like, everyone has kind of just like stopped 
or at least reduced their use of of heat on their hair and, and you know and stuff how is that going to affect like the industry in the long run um how is it going to affect like the type of products that we offer uh, as an industry etc so it's interesting like it's definitely a business decision that you need to be carefully thinking about and and deciding what avenue you want to take um and and then yeah that'll inform who who to go to um i guess my question to you is maybe just to inspire other people to you know for for their research who are would you say three of the people who would have had the most influence on your career and your growth interesting um uh okay so i definitely have to say the foundation of my hairdressing where it all started um being taught as an apprentice in vidal sassoon has really laid the foundation of my career career um and the reason why is because of standard their standard was so high mm-hmm. and it's helped me throughout the whole of my career to maintain a very, very high standard. So if you ever visit Cognito Hair, you know that you're going to get a high quality service at a high standard, and you're always going to get honest expert mm. advice. Um, we're very transparent. We're very honest. It's all about serving you, and we do it at a high standard. So definitely Vidal Sassoon, because it helped me lay the foundation of my career. Right. Uh, I'll say the second person is uh, a lady called Kelly Leach. Um, She was very, very influential in my growth as a hairdresser, and she gave me amazing opportunities. Um, So I worked with her. um, She actually, I worked with her in Vidal Sassoon, and she asked me to work for her when she opened up her own salon. And you know, I worked with her for eight years and she taught me so much and I'm going to always be grateful for her. She she educated me, she invested in me and she invested her time. She brought on really good uh, top educators from Vidal Sassoon to teach me. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm really, really grateful to her. Um, and then the next person will be Jimmy Campbell. Uh, Jimmy has taught me so much. Um and helped me so much in in the growth of even my business. So I was actually with Jimmy literally up until the one I've opened in uh, this business here. And Jimmy, again, has been very, very influential in um, the things that I do here in, in, in this business as, you know, the nanocarotin system. Um, I learned everything that I needed to know from him. Um, and Afro hair if if I wasn't working for him for all those years. Um, I believe I worked with with him again for a good um, eight years, I'm I'm certain, because, yeah, I'm sure that's how long I've worked with him as well. And, yeah, so he's definitely been very, very influential and another person I'll be completely grateful for. And we're we're still in touch. So, you know, he's continuously saying, oh, this new product, this new product, have you seen this? Do you know this? And... (laughs) And it's, it's great. It's great to have a hairdresser who is as passionate as uh, towards hair as you, you are um, and who wants yeah. the best for you and to see you grow. You need, you need people like that in your life, especially within this, this industry. 
Yeah. So if you look back at your career and maybe even yourself, you know, sitting in that career orientation room at school, what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours, um, specializing in, you know, a similar range of services? What would you say to them? Go for it. Go for it. Never, never stop. Never give up because it's tough. Like a lot of people think, oh, you're just a hairdresser. No, let me tell you something. We are not just hairdressers. <laughs> We're so much more than that. Learning how to be a hairdresser is tough. There were lots of sleepless nights. There were lots of tears. You know, it, it was. it's hard on your body. It's hard on you mentally, physically, and emotionally. And you need to be thick-skinned to be a hairdresser. So if this is something that you're passionate about and something that you love, just never give up and surround yourself with people who would continuously encourage you and are passionate about it as much as you are and never stop learning. You you never stop as a hairdresser. Keep on learning, keep on teaching yourself, keep on educating yourself, go on courses. If you're passionate about something, even if it's something you've never tried before, whether it's bridal hair, you know, hair ups or, um, you know, braiding, whatever it is, go for it. Because, you know, the more something that Forrest says, the more you know, <laughs> the more you grow. And, you know, it's... <laughs> Nice. <laughs> growth as a hairdresser <laughs> growth as a hairdresser is so important so yeah um and keep loving it don't let anyone um make you stop loving what you do just just keep that fire burning and you go places well, we can definitely tell, and I know like I have the vid the visual to go with it, but for people listening, you can hear the passion in your voice for sure. So yeah, I guess I'm down to my last um, question before we wrap up. And this is, uh, this is the, the, the curveball of the show, the thought starter question. Mm -hmm. So I've just flipped the card here and um, here it goes. How do you define success and how will you know when you have it? Meet your new look reporting dashboard. A quick look view of your vital stats, from salon financials to critical client data. With best-in-class dashboards with advanced filtering. All in real time. Analyze, take action and stay ahead of the game. New Look Forest reports. Supporting your business, across all your locations. Success means something completely different to everyone. Mm -hmm. So what does success mean to you? Um, it can't be defined because it's personal. It is so personal and it's so deep rooted in everything you are and everything you do. I don't think you ever get there because success, I don't think is a destination. It is definitely a journey. And there may be so many different places that you want to grow and be successful in. Um, so yeah, it's what does it mean to you? What does success look like to you? It's so very personal. Um, and I just feel like I have, I, I'm continuously on this journey of success and growth and change, you know, continue to change, continue to transform yourself, continue to grow. And that in itself is success. 
Because if you're better today than you were tomorrow, you've already succeeded. That's a great note to end it on. I couldn't have said it any better. (laughs) Um, If someone wants to reach out to you um, and perhaps further this discussion, where can where can they find you online, Sharifa? Well, um, you can literally type in Cognito Hair on Google and we will pop up. So we have so much information on our website. So, um, yeah, we are with Forest, our booking system. So you can always book in a consultation if you want to see us um, and come in for a little chat. Um, and and our, com- our consultations are complimentary. So you can come in and have a little talk with one of our stylists. We would love to see you, love to meet you. You can find us on Instagram again, just type in Cognito Hair and, and similarly uh, Facebook. Amazing. Well, thank you so much once again for sharing your thoughts, your insights, reaction towards this great news that, um, you know, that will finally updating those those hair uh, regulations and requirements coming into the industry. And uh, I can't, uh, well, I hope that today has been a positive experience for a first time on a podcast. And I can't thank you enough for your time. Thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a privilege. At the start of the episode, we mentioned how the British Beauty Council uh, was behind that task force with Habia and uh, was campaigning for these guidelines to be updated, the the, the guidelines for the uh, National Occupational Standards for Hairdressing. The British Beauty Council was founded to represent the voices, opinions and needs of the British beauty industry. It's a not-for-profit, inclusive organization that works to engage politicians and business leaders about the value of British beauty to the national economy and its key role in the UK's creative and cultural character. Their ambition is to ensure that the beauty industry is recognized and valued at all levels of government throughout the wider economy and by consumers. So why should you become a member? As a member, you'll have access to industry news and opinion formers across the sector. Their membership is designed as a one-stop shop for the individual, either working in or looking to break into the industry, but they also offer a limited-term membership to uh, students. And if you're a company or organization, you can become a patron of the British Beauty Council to share your voice and support the industry. For more information, you can visit their website, britishbeautycouncil.com, or simply click the link in the show notes. In the US, there are also a few initiatives you can check out aimed at improving inclusivity at hair salons, um, including Hair Story, so the uh, the book by authors Ayana D. Bird and Laurie L. Tharps, the Worth Up Foundation by celebrity hairstylist Ted Gibson and his husband Jason Back, the Texpert Collective, co-founded by celebrity hairstylist Tippy Shorter, and you can always check out Crown Mag, a print publication co-founded in 2015 and dedicated to celebrating textured hair. If you'd like to get in touch with Sharifa and her team, you can always click the links that we have in today's show notes. One last thing before we sign off, don't forget that you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM where you can find today's transcript and subscribe to the show's email newsletter. As always, if you want to share your thoughts on Forest FM or this episode and topic specifically, please do send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or you can always leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love reading you and love nothing more than your feedback. Catch you all again next Monday. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments. 
Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Get your clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.